Welcome, welcome, welcome back. My name is Reese Wegman, and I'm joined here with JJ Angelo. Hello, hello. So this is our second time doing the show. We took a week off, really regathered our thoughts, and are coming at this with a little bit of a different angle, I guess. Yeah. We now have a new name. Instead of the generic placeholder MUTV Sports Podcast, we are now MUTV Man to Man. Man to Man. There's two men in this studio. Two mans in the studio. Yeah, and, uh, you know, just man-to-man defense. Right, man-to-man defense, uh, yeah. A little wordplay, a little play on words. Exactly, you know. That's how you do it in the sports podcasting industry, so you love to see it. So, JJ here has got a good segment for us to start off, so I think he wants to talk a little fantasy football. Is that right, JJ? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, something that I've always loved uh, just seeing... um, is, you know, one-week wonders in fantasy. I think we talked about mm-hmm. the very first week. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to go through a couple uh, performances that we saw this week that I saw that, um, you know, I stood out, certainly. They're kind of unique uh, for this season, and I'm just I'm just wondering if they're legit, if they're going to continue. Um, so we can just kind of discuss. The first one is Sam Darnold uh, coming back from having mono for a few weeks. Uh, he torched the Cowboys, to be honest, 338 yards, 338 yards, two touchdowns, one of them a 92-yard bomb to Robbie Anderson. Um, I mean, only 19.6 points, but this is a good performance against a pretty pretty stout Cowboys defense, yeah. Yeah, really shocked the Cowboys. I don't think Dallas went into that game prepared at all. And how could they be with Sam Darnold out with Mono up until this point in the season? I mean, did Mono make Sam Darnold better? I mean, that's a. <laughs> I think that's a question we have to ask after he put up a performance like this. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, there's not much to like go on where if we're looking at some of these right. other players, like Stefan Diggs is the next one. But S- Sam Darnold, this is only his second week playing. Uh, I don't remember how he did week one. I don't think it was particularly great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this is. I think this is a good sign. Uh, definitely a strong footing to get off of. Uh, to start kind of start kind of Sam Darnold's season, yeah, I think, especially for Jets fans, yeah. it really just gives them a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel here, just a little bit of hope. Sure, and yeah. then um, yeah, for fantasy owners, if you have Sam Darnold on your roster, you really got some upside. If you've been holding on to him as um, just someone buried in your roster, I think that's great to have a you have a really good potential backup or even a potential starter here on your team. And if not, that if you're looking for a quarterback and he's out there, I'd say this is a good. Someone to pick up. Yeah, and it could even be someone uh, worth trading for. I think you could kind of. You wouldn't uh, have to give up a whole lot. I you don't wouldn't think. have to give up much. You might be able to finesse. You might be able to finesse someone else in your league just to get this guy. And I think he's going to be good. Uh, I mean, Darnold struggled with interceptions last year. Uh, I think he will again this year um, for the rest of the weeks. But it's not going to be a problem as big of a problem as last year. I think. Um, just showing that he was showing 338 yards last week in his first time back just showed kind of the maturity that he went through. Uh, he looked cool. He looked crisp in that game. Uh, I think this is a legit performance. I think we can expect um, maybe not th- maybe something better, maybe not this great, uh, but I think we can expect consistent uh, 19 to 25 point performances per week from Sam Darnold from here on out. I agree. So next up, it looks like you got Stefan Diggs. Yes. Stephon Diggs put up 167 yards, three touchdowns, and 43.5 points in a PPR league. And what a welcome. Um, I have Stephon Diggs in my 12-man league, which is PPR, and so what a welcome side this was whenever yeah. he broke out with this. Um, 
yeah, what do you think? What do you make of this? Do you think this will be something he can hold on to? Or do you think he'll drop back off after this performance? Yeah, I think, yeah, definitely a big big win for any Stefan Diggs owners and, uh, you know, Vikings fans <coughs> everywhere. They were happy to see this. Uh, kind of surprising against uh, Eagles defense. Hasn't been particularly great, but, I mean, Eagles are a decent team. They've just been hurt by injuries. And the Vikings right. have been, their offense has been one of the worst in the league. And to see Kirk Cousins and Stefan Diggs put up numbers like that especially Stefan Diggs because he has right especially the, after all the kind of controversy that went yeah, on with yeah, yeah. Kirk Cousins Stefan Diggs and it looks like Diggs might want to get out of Minnesota or still might but after he kind of um let his actions speak for him and sitting out team meetings and sitting out practices after Kirk Cousins said Adam Thielen was one of the best wide receivers in the league there's just been some real drama there going on between um Kirk Cousins and his wide receiver room. Yeah, I think Stefan Diggs, uh, good performance this week, but, I mean, 43 points PBR is pretty ridiculous. It was, yeah. Um, I mean, you can't expect that consistently from no, anyone, James. but I, I don't think this should be something you see, you'll see you see again from Diggs. I think, I hate to say it, but I don't think he's going to have a, a game as big as this. I don't think this was a legit performance. I think it might just be a one-week fluke from Diggs. For this week what do yeah you think? I agree and I really don't think he's gonna um even be consistent going forward so I think he's gonna go back to his old self he might be might have a few decent weeks in there but yeah you know even coming back down to earth I still don't think he's gonna be a 18 20 point person per week I think it'll be real hit and miss it'll be some single digits in there yeah yeah as well and then next is uh Hunter Henry he had a big game Qu- quiet I watched I watched the Sunday night football game uh and then doing some research, I didn't even realize Hunter Henry had this big of a game. Um, I had him on one team, I realized later, and I didn't start him, so that was kind of frustrating. But 100 <laughs> yards, receiving two touchdowns, 30 points PPR. And uh, just like Darnold, this is his first uh, game back since week one. Um, so I think for f- any fantasy owners, um, probably I, I didn't – I know going into my roster, I didn't put him on there just because I didn't know what to expect. He still was questionable going into the week. Um, but obviously a big performance, uh, 30 points PPR. Uh, what do you think? Definitely. I think it was a really good performance, obviously. Um, again, I don't know what this is going to hold up. I think the Chargers have uh, – it's been a very mess season yeah. for them. I don't see this continuing, especially the tight end position is really tough to maintain all the time. If your name's not Travis Kelsey – <laughs> probably not putting up big points every week, and we even saw him dip a little bit this yeah. past week. So, yeah, I think this would be, um, if you happen to play Hunter Henry, um, something to celebrate, but I can't say that this should be something that you rely on, but I like Hunter Henry, and I'm glad he had this big week. Yeah. So going back to Minnesota, we have Kirk Cousins up next. Kirk Cousins, who's been ridiculed by the media, just absolutely destroyed the past few weeks oh, yeah. for being such a... Such poor play to this point <laughs> in the season. And he puts up a big performance. To me, this just shows that Kirk Cousins, if he's not in prime time and he's playing a relatively bad defense, you can expect a relatively decent performance. But other than that, I still I don't see Kirk Cousins being a very viable fantasy option to me anyway. Yeah, I agree. Um you know, just uh, I I always root for the guy who's kind of I always root for the guy who has something to prove. So Kirk Cousins definitely had something to prove, and mm-hmm. I think and uh, I like Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I like him too. He's not a, he's he's a good guy. Um, generally like uncontroversial guy. Not not really a polarizing figure. Easy to like. Um, 
you know, iconic back in the Redskins days. You like that. You, you like, like that. that. <laughs> you like that. That was pretty funny. Yeah, I might have busted that one out after a few big um, track <laughs> races senior year, but. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's iconic. Kirk Cousins, he's a good guy, but, um, you know, I just don't think he's suited to be, like, the big man, the uh, the guy, the quarterback teams can rely on. Um Unfortunately, I think he might. As his career goes on, you might see him take more of a role, like um, like we see with Ryan Fitzpatrick or like we see with Josh McCown. I think he's not necessarily a lifetime backup, but just a guy that a struggling team might throw in. Um, I just don't see Kirk Cousins being a successful quarterback, making it to the top. I don't know. I I don't know if he's made a Pro Bowl this year or in his career so far. I don't know if he ever will i can um, look into that he's just a good he's a he's a decent quarterback he's not he's not low level by any means but he's just not a guy like you said that can show up in prime time and uh and make the big plays against the big defense and just kind of uh exceed in that in that stage yeah it looks like Kirk cousins was in the pro bowl the same year that was um Super Bowl 51 because Matt Ryan was named to the Pro Bowl. Yeah, 2016. He was in the Pro okay. Bowl in 2016 because Matt Ryan was named to the Pro Bowl. But Matt Ryan was obviously playing in the Super Bowl that year whenever they had the biggest choke of all time <laughs> to the New England Patriots. Yeah, so, I mean, just to that point, I mean, Kirk Cousins chosen to the Pro Bowl, I guess, but, yeah. but kind of by default. Doesn't count. Doesn't I don't know. It does. It, it's tough. I mean, you get he's a, he played in the Pro Bowl, so we'll we'll leave it at that. Um, but twenty seven point performance this week. Yeah, it looks good on him, but he's still just stealing money from Minnesota. So <laughs> don't expect it again. Moving on, Denver's defense. Denver's defense had a big week, and the defense special teams outlook for fantasy this year, to me anyway, has been just kind of weird there hasn't been that many consistent teams to me unless you have the new england patriots in which case they're probably scoring more than half your points each week but i can attest to that yes yes do you have them <laughs> yeah i picked them up it's ridiculous it's ridiculous <laughs> but yeah denver's defense here seven sacks three interceptions get you 20 points no chance that you can count on that every week um especially because I, I i think it was either this week or last week when denver finally recorded their first fact of the sack of the season um and yeah with a team with von miller on there that's not acceptable yeah i know it's von miller and uh bradley chubb i think chubb, yeah. chubb went down with the injury but first mm-hmm. three weeks no sacks that's pretty ridiculous um but denver they played against uh the titans i believe and i mean titans are just a struggling team um, so I don't think you can rely on this. Uh, if you got the Broncos defense, I wouldn't say drop them immediately. Um, they have the Chiefs next week, which might be a, a tough one, but they got the Browns coming up. Baker Mayfield's throwing a lot of interceptions. Vikings are struggling offense. Bills in the coming weeks. Uh, this might be a this might be a, a reliable option in my opinion. Uh, the Patriots defense has been ridiculous in fantasy. There's not going to be another one like that, but you know, defense isn't the biggest part of fantasy. I think the Broncos, honestly, uh, I kind of disagree. They might. I think they are going to be a reliable option. I mean, no way they're going to put up another seven-sack, three-interception game or anything better than that. Um, but I think they are a viable option for the rest of the year. I don't know. this. I don't think this is a fluke. This was a great game. I wouldn't call it a fluke. What do you think? Yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think they have the capacity to be – 
a very good defense in the NFL. I think um, to have a week as good as this, have seven sacks and three interceptions, I don't know that you can count on that again. But I definitely think that they're a solid defense, and I think as long as they get rolling and they keep this momentum going, I think they could be a defense that you could start week in and week out, but you cannot expect 20 points out of them every week. Of but, course. Yes, but I do think that they would be um, – a good one to have if you have them i would hold on to them and if they're out there i grab them yeah so speaking of defenses i just want to talk since we didn't do a show last week um in week five of the nfl season about 10 minutes before kickoff i realized i guess i don't remember who i had in this is my 12-man league which i don't follow as closely as my 10-man league but my 12-man league um, I didn't like who I had. I think I had the Packers defense, and I didn't like who they, who they were playing that week. So I looked who's out there, and I dropped Dante Moncrief, who's been an incredible disappointment. Um, it looked like in Pittsburgh with Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell being gone that it would be wide open for all kinds of receivers to be getting a lot of targets, and I thought Dante Moncrief would have a lot of upside. That has not been the case. No. So I dropped him. I picked up the Eagles defense, and Wow. 35 points that they got me when they were playing the Jets. That was huge for me. They then followed that up with a negative one-point performance the next week. Oh, my God. That's the thing with defense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crazy. But that was a cash pickup for me 10 minutes before kickoff. Oh, yeah. And yeah, week five for me, uh, kind of up and down emotions for me. Um, I Will Fuller, I had him on my bench. Uh, week five, and then this man goes off oh, against yeah. the Falcons for three touchdowns. I feel like Will Fuller is the definition of just that spotty guy who will get exactly. you two points or thirty-five. Yeah, and there's not a whole lot in between. So what he had, I think he had fifty-three points. That's that um, obnoxious. Fifty-three, fifty-four that week. I I put Amari Cooper on the bench this week, which was I think a right the right decision. Mm-hmm. But I, I was like, all right, Will Fuller, you gotta give me twenty at least here. Now he only got me like fourteen, fifteen, which I can't complain, but I mean it's I it's tough to follow a fifty plus point performance, Obviously. something like that, forty, whatever it was, but uh yeah, I think he's a definitely up and down. But then in the meantime, while while I'm dreading regretting not ha- putting Will Fuller um in my starting lineup, I got Aaron Jones rushing for four touchdowns against the Cowboys, and yeah. that's a cool forty points right there. Definitely. So, I mean, I didn't, I didn't lose that week in fantasy, but I mean, some some emotions were definitely going on. Right, right, right. <laughs> Speaking of Amari um, Cooper that you mentioned there, I have a trade pending to me right now in my twelve man league. So, in that league, I possess both Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson. Oh yeah. And so people are getting hungry for one of them. <laughs> so I've got a trade for Russell Wilson and they want to give me Amari Cooper. And I do need wide receiver depth. Like I said, Stephon Diggs is probably my best wide receiver in that league. So I'm probably about the second best team in that league, but the first best team is trying to trade to me. And so I feel like there's no way that I can give him one of these quarterbacks. Even if it is for Amari. Even is it just Amari Cooper? Amari Cooper, and there's someone else thrown in there. It wasn't anything that impressed me. mm let me, I'll look just to make sure. But I still think I've been playing well despite having low um, receiver depth. And just this um, the guy who's trading to me, he's got a really powerful team. And quarterback is just his weakness. I feel like no matter what I do, I cannot, I can't trade him um, a good quarterback because that will just make him too good. We're both in the same division. He traded me. Um, and he wants to give me Drew Brees too, who obviously is out for the for, for a while still couple more weeks yeah um 
Shoot. And he wants Lamar Jackson. He wants Russell Wilson. He wants Russell Wilson. I don't think I can do it. I don't think you can do that either. I think I can get a good trade from someone else who's a little bit lower in the rankings who it'll have less impact on me um, into the coming weeks, and I think it'll be a better impact. So I think that's what we're going to do moving forward. You can get by without having Lamar Jackson. But the way Russell Wilson is playing this season, I would not drop that. He's he's on a tear. He might win MVP this year. I agree. I agree. I think he might, and I hope he does. Yeah, me too. So I think we're going to transition to a little bit um, less fantasy talk, a little bit more general NFL talk here. So moving into my big game of the week, the Tank Bowl. (laughs) Dolphins lose by one in a thriller, fourth quarter thriller. The Dolphins were so close to getting to experience some Fitz magic. Um, Wow. What a game this was. was What the implications. Well, yeah, they went. Didn't they go for two, try and win it? And the they went to two. So they tied it. it up. They tied it up late, 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 and then they go. So no, they didn't tie it up. Sorry, it would. It would have been tied. They scored a touchdown to tie it, and they were down by one, obviously. So extra point ties the game. Two points to win it. And I think Coach Brian Flores did the absolute right thing by going for two here. If you go for two, you'll exhilarate the fan base again. Um, if you make the two point conversion. Everyone will be happy. Dolphins will have a win. Great. But if you don't convert here, the tank is still alive. Yeah. So I think this is a great move. Yeah, I mean, I think going for the tie, try, taking it to overtime would have been whatever. I think this is a great move. And, of course, Ryan Fitzpatrick throws it to Kenyon Drake on a screen, and it hits Kenyon Drake right in the numbers, and he drops it. Yeah, just drops it. Yeah, I agree. I think going for two is the right decision. If you win, hey, you get one. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you if you don't make it, you lose, and you're not – everyone's expecting right. you to lose. And I looked at the statistics, really and I think however it works out, I um, if the Dolphins would have beat the Redskins in that game – they would have had less than a 5% chance to have the number one overall pick really? going into the draft. Yeah. So now the Jets have a win. The Bang or not the Bengals, the Redskins have a win. So now the Bengals are the only thing that's standing in between the Dolphins and the first round pick. And that game is coming up here in a few weeks. So that'll be an exciting one to state. So got to watch what's going on between the Dolphins and the Bengals between then. And then that might be the game for the first round pick. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. So, the Dolphins have the Bills next week, and this past week, Brian Flores said Josh Rosen is going to be our starter throughout the rest of the season. So everyone was like, "All right, this is great. See how this, you know, see how this kid develops." And then after this week, he just named Ryan Fitzpatrick to be the starter against the Bills. So one week, he's already going back on his word, saying Josh Rosen was the starter for the rest of the season, and now he's already has Ryan Fitzpatrick named to play against the Bills, and he's saying that. Ryan Fitzpatrick would give the Dolphins the best chance to win over the Bills, and I guess I don't disagree. And I think the Dolphins are kind of trying to hide the fact that they're tanking a little bit. And so I understand that. I understand naming Fitzpatrick here, and I don't think that'll make any difference. I definitely think the Bills win this game. The Bills have been hot this season, and no one's really talking about it. Yeah. Uh, I agree with your point as far as, yeah, I think they're trying to hide. Everyone knows they're tanking. I think They know they're tanking, but they're trying to at least make it look like they're giving a bit of effort. So I get Fitzpatrick uh, in that sense, but I, I wish they would just stick with Rosen. Um, I think he's just had such a poor start to his career. Um, and I think now's the time to let him develop. I mean, let him make a couple connections with some of the receivers, let him work out the kinks against – I mean, he's uh, 
with the team they're playing, teams they're playing, how they're playing, he's probably going to throw three interceptions a game. But hey, maybe he throws three interceptions a game. Next year, he only throws one a game. He just gets some of those rookie yep. kinks um, smoothed out. I think I wish they would stick just stick with Rosen. Um, but I mean, Fitzpatrick, I guess, would give them the best chance to win, even though they're not really trying to win. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 frustrating. Uh, I'm sure it's kind of frustrating for you as a Dolphins fan. Yes. It's not really my problem. Packers are five <laughs> and one, um, which kind of brings close us one to against a, the Lions. Close yeah. One, and that that brings us. Let's kind talk of to about that. Next point. Yeah. Yeah. Close one against Detroit. Um, little too close for comfort. I'm. I wasn't watching the game the first half. I was just, I was busy getting updates on my phone, so the, I see thirteen nothing at one point, and I'm thinking, oh boy, <laughs> what is going on? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but at the same time, like uh, we got Aaron Rodgers, so we the should king be of okay. Comebacks. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, he did what he he did what he does best against the game. But I mean, not without a little help. I will have to admit, we got some help. We definitely got some help from the guys in the black and white. Yes. So, yeah, the implications there were crazy because with the Lions having the tie on their record whenever they tied the Cardinals, right? Correct, yeah. So how all the standings worked out, if the Lions were to win that game, they would have been first in the division. And if they were to lose that game, they'd be last in the division. Mm -hmm. So whenever they were in the waning moments of that, waning few moments or seconds of that game, whichever it was, and um, they got called with a second illegal hands to the face penalty that gave the Packers the first down that they needed to secure to be able to take the clock down all the way and give Crosby the chance to win the game with a field goal that was brutal and then after the replay showed that there was no illegal hands to the face whatsoever yeah yeah it was definitely a uh a little bit of a questionable call, I will admit, even right. as a Packers fan. Um, but I mean, it taints the win a little bit. But I, I still think the Packers are the better team. I still like the Packers to win that game, even if that call wasn't yeah, made. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you, you gotta you gotta look past a little bit of the refs because uh, I mean the refs have just been atrocious all around this yeah. year. Uh, I think what's getting overlooked is is Aaron Rodgers' performance a little bit. I mean, not not huge numbers, but we're talking about their number one and number two receivers going down, and he's just making plays regardless. Uh, obviously, you could see the struggles of just having inexperienced receivers, but he made he made some great plays in that, some incredible plays, really good throws to basically no names, guys I hadn't even heard of. Um, so I thought that was that was kind of cool cool to see. Um, Detroit, they're I'll give it to them, they're a good team. They're I think they can compete for they can uh, the way the NFC North is looking, they can compete for second place. Um, with the Vikings kind yeah. of struggling, the Bears. they're a good team, and no one's really talking about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, either. two, two, and one is it doesn't look great, but I think they'll they'll smooth things out. And um, with the Bears struggling, the Vikings kind of struggling, maybe finding their footing. I mean, Vikings are four and two, but that's kind of a iffy four and two. Some questionable, some some questionable wins in there. I think I think Detroit can compete for second place, but right now I think it's Green Bay's division to lose. Green Bay's division to lose for sure, especially when Devontae Adams comes back, oh, yeah. hopefully this week for my fantasy team. Yeah. But, yeah, whenever Devontae Adams is on the field and the Packers are so much of a better team and they're still doing all right without him, mm. they're definitely missing him, but, you know, they're still getting wins. So I think Aaron Rodgers is so fortunate to finally have a defense Oh, for yeah. one of the first times in his career. Love so it. I think all of them in Green Bay know that this is maybe their year to really make a good run at yeah. it, and I'd love to go see him do it. Yeah, absolutely. So, And then, yeah, with the Lions, I hope that they can 
I mean, the Lions are just the definition of mediocrity and boring and just the I would hate to be a Lions fan I don't know how anybody can be there's nothing on that team that's exciting whatsoever I mean they have Matthew Stafford they have I don't know carry on Johnson but that team is just as bland as can be that has to be the worst team to root for because I don't know who you could get excited for even when they're good they're just the most boring team to watch (laughs) but it'd be great to see them finally be able to get some star power and do something cool yeah but how about some other big-name teams fading in the league? Yeah, the Chiefs, sure. Chiefs dropping two in a row. Two in a row, yeah. Uh, last week against the Colts, um, tough game. Colts defense really stepped up, even though they were down a couple guys. Um, obviously, the injury to uh, Mahomes' ankle kind of kept him in his pocket, took away that, that scrambling um, element to his game, um, and I think that hurt him. This week against the Texans, Mahomes looked better. Uh, he had a big strike to Tyreek Hill that looked like vintage Mahomes moment. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he just got outdueled by Deshaun Watson. Nothing really against the Chiefs. Uh, this wasn't a bad loss by any means. I don't. I think it'd be a little bit uh, irrational to say the Chiefs are my the Chiefs are still the favorite to win the AFC East. They just got outplayed. Deshaun Watson, I think, deserves a little more recognition. Um, but dropping two in a row for any team, especially the Chiefs like that, uh, isn't a great look. But, um, you know, sometimes you just get outplayed during the week, and I think all credit is due to Deshaun Watson and the Texans. Yeah, and this is the first time that Patrick Mahomes is really playing with any injury and really facing some adversity like that in his career. And so I think that's taking a toll on it as well. The last season was just so perfect, like a perfect storm for the Chiefs. Yeah. And so this is the first time that – in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes is really having to face some of that adversity, and it's showing a little bit. So we'll see how he does with that moving down the stretch. Another team that's fading a little bit, especially from last year, the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, absolutely. Making some big moves last night, trading away cornerback Marcus Peters and trading for cornerback Jalen Ramsey. What do you make of this trade? Ooh, uh, they gave up a lot. I haven't, yeah, they gave up a lot. I haven't had time to really think too much about this so I guess I'll just kind of think my thoughts out loud yeah um on paper this looks like a good trade and Marcus Peters um by no means was a was a scrub washed up or anything he's a good cornerback um Jalen Ramsey he's been one of the more talented uh in the league but Mm -hmm. not without his his batch of controversy himself um I think the Rams lost this trade. I think unless Jalen Ramsey can prove that, yeah, he's what was it? Two firsts and a fourth. Yeah, two two firsts and I think it was a second round pick. I'm not. I'll sure. look it up. I think it was two firsts. Two firsts for sure. Two firsts for sure. Maybe a second or a fourth round pick. Unless Ramsey starts playing really good, he hasn't been. I mean, he he's dealt with some injury this year, and but he hasn't been. He hasn't been his him his save self. Um, you know, I think a change of scenery for sure is nice. He wasn't happy being in Jacksonville. Two firsts and a fourth. Yeah, two okay, two firsts and a fourth. But ultimately, I think the the uh, Jacksonville wins this trade because Jacksonville still is a team. I mean, they had the AFC Championship appearance, which is still crazy to me that they were a game away from the Super Bowl a couple years ago, the Jaguars. But at this point, yeah. they're still a building team, and those draft picks. Are I think those draft picks are really, really going to help. Oh yeah. I think by the time that Jacksonville is able to get themselves in the position to make another run for it, Jalen Ramsey will be 
too old and be fading at that point or be close to fading. And so I think for them, this was the right move. They got a lot of draft capital out of it. I mean, two firsts, you, it's hard to say no to that. You saw that earlier in the season whenever the Dolphins were offered that for Laramie Tunsil by the Houston Texans. Yeah, Two firsts for really any player – is almost guaranteed to send him away. You got to get it, it. Yeah. For the Rams, I definitely think they lost this trade. I mean, I think that team is a lot farther away than a cornerback to make it back to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And really anything besides making it back to the Super Bowl is a disappointment for this team, I think, because they, for the most part, have all those pieces back again this year that they had last year. So there should be no excuse. And it's really it's just not coming together this season, and I don't think Jalen Ramsey turns that around. No, yeah. If you're giving up 55 points to the Buccaneers, I don't think one guy can fix it, even with a talented guy like Ramsey. There's some serious problems with this team. Uh, I hope they get it figured out because the Rams, Sean McVay, I love that guy's offensive mastermind. They're fun to watch when they're good, but they've definitely got some problems going on right now. And teams are starting to get some more film with McVay's offense now, and then I think people are starting to figure them out. Yeah, yeah. Another quarterback who's really done well, though, um, stepping in for the Panthers. Kyle Allen. Yeah. Yes, definitely. So now Cam Newton, what happens here? I, mean, I think this is Kyle Allen's team. We talked about this last episode a little bit, but something has to happen with Cam Newton. I mean, do you think he could be traded already, or do you think he's done in Carolina? Will he come back? What do you think's going on? I think we're going to see him. Uh, kind of like the situation last year with Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Cam Newton he'll be he'll be healthy before this season is done, but I don't think we'll see him play again this year. Uh, I think Kyle Allen's earned the trust of his teammates. I think it's kind of a switch that we've seen when the Panthers started zero and two, and those same teammates were lo- that were losing faith in Cam. Now they have hope. They have faith in young quarterback Kyle Allen who. Uh, has been playing well. I mean, not, not particularly. I mean, he's been playing really good, to be honest. Uh, not four hundred yard, five hundred yard performance, but he's getting he's getting the W's. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. And I think his teammates got his back now. And Cam Newton going back on the field, I think that's that'd be the worst thing for the Panthers. So, Cam yeah, Newton I don't see any world yet. where they they throw Cam back out there. No, no, not at this point. So yeah, so let's play a game. And if he if Cam Newton were to be traded before the deadline. Let's go down some teams that I think, and if you have any other ones, you can toss them out that I think that could possibly trade for Cam, or and you can agree or disagree with me, and we'll talk a little bit about it. Sure, so yeah. my first one I wrote down was the Buccaneers. Now, I don't know about this one. This is one I think the Buccaneers, I could see, I really don't see it happening, but I see that they would have to be in the conversation for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if Carolina would trade a quarterback like Cam Newton to Tampa Bay knowing that Cam Newton does, or at one point, had the potential to be an MVP um, perennial player and just can totally take over a team. He's not that player anymore, but they know what he had or he has the capacity to do. I don't think they're going to trade that to a team in the division, but I feel like the Buccaneers have to be mentioned. Yeah, I think that, yeah, Buccaneers, a possibility. Um I think the fact they have a first-year head coach, Bruce Arians, who has plenty of experience, but I think just that fact would um, kind of kill the fact, kill the possibility mm-hmm. of Cam Newton going there. First-year head coach, you don't want to switch up the quarterback, especially when they brought in Bruce Arians to kind of be uh, more of a mentor to Jameis Winston, hopefully get Jameis Winston back on track, as we talked about uh, first episode. Um, 
So I don't think I think Buccaneers maybe in the off season we'll have to see how Jameis Winston goes if Bruce Arian keeps his job. Buccaneers haven't been particularly good this year, um, but if we see Jameis Winston go, if we see Bruce Arians go, either one of those guys go. Cam Newton it definitely there's a possibility of going to Tampa Bay, especially being in the uh, NFC South as well. So my next team I got on my list is the Bears. The Bears. The Bears have an incredible defense right now. Oh, yeah. It's just absolutely unreal. And Mitch Trubisky is just not cutting it at the quarterback position. No. So I don't see why not. I mean, Cam. I don't think anybody, maybe more so than Cam Newton, can come in there and just really exhilarate that team and, you know, at least give the fans something to cheer for and something to root for. I mean, it would be – it would at least be exciting if – Cam went there and tried to compete for Mitch Trubisky's job. Yeah, I think so too. I think Cam would play better um, with Nagy's system. Nagy is mm-hmm. an Oregon kind of Oregon guy, kind of um, learned his ways with that kind of groundbreaking Oregon offense, which was a spread it out offense. And Cam Newton's kind of that player. He's he's a Cam Newton likes to run around, kind of make some plays on the on the move on the run. I think that works well in Nagy's. Uh, Matt Nagy's system. Uh, I think it's a possibility. Uh, for some reason, I can't imagine Cam Newton putting on a Bears jersey. It's hard to imagine. It's hard. To, it's it seems weird. I mean, Cam Newton's been in Carolina for so long. Um, wait, I mean, stranger things have happened in NFL yeah. offseason. Could be. Speaking of teams with um, disappointing quarterbacks, the Tennessee Titans. Mariota has been benched for this upcoming weekend, and Tannehill named the starter. We talked about this. I talked about this in, my first, um, in our first episode, and I said I think Tannehill will make a few starts this season. Yeah. And it looks like – You're correct. You're correct. It looks like that might be playing out. So um, this is a team I feel like that almost makes the most sense for Cam Newton to possibly go to. Uh, Mariota, obviously, it looks like they're going to move on from him. I believe he's – doesn't have a contract signed after this year. I, I think you're he's right, going to yeah. be a free agent, and there's they're, they're, they're not definitely gonna, with yeah, make, yeah, putting Tannehill as a starter. Mariota will not be getting a contract, and I don't see the Titans really wanting to move forward with Ryan Tannehill, QB seventeen, as their starter going into the 2020 season. Yeah, um, yeah, Titans. I think makes the most sense. Um, I think Cam Newton. His style of game is similar to Mariota. He's just yep. got it down better. Um, so I think that would fit in well with what Titans coaching staff has already come to expect from Mariota. And I think uh, Cam uh, would play well in that system. I think the biggest thing for Cam Newton is just getting a fresh, kind of a fresh start, a fresh start somewhere else. And I think uh, Tennessee, Nashville would be a good place for him. I do as well. Yeah. Next up on my list, I have the Cincinnati Bengals. And my reasoning here. It's just kind of why not? I think Dalton's time <laughs> is shorter yeah. expired. They haven't won a game all season. Um, I don't know that the Bengals really be willing to give up a lot for Cam, but I don't think the Panthers would really need a lot to get Cam away. I don't think they're they would expect to get a lot for him, and I don't think they would get a lot for him. So I think this trade could possibly work out. If the Bengals were to take on Cam Newton, then they could use their potential very high pick in the upcoming draft on something other than a quarterback. So I see this as a pretty plausible landing spot for Cam Newton. What do you think? I I really don't. 
I don't think I don't think so. I think the the way the Bengals have been. Playing, I think they have a lot of loyalty for Andy Dalton. They do have a lot of loyalty, and if not if not Dalton, I think the Bengals, the way they're playing this year so poorly, they want want to go with a uh, younger quarterback, a new a new guy. Um, Cam, the Bengals are kind of one of the just as an organization, they're one of the stingiest when it comes to money wise. You know, keeping around Marvin Lewis for so many years. Yeah, when was the last time they made any big yeah, splash in free agency? Yeah, they're never. Their I don't think they've ever signed is, a free agent. No, their organization is all about <laughs> making money. And Cam Newton's kind of he's just kind of that. He's got that bold personality, that type of guy who just he he understands. He understands his talent. He knows himself well, and I think he's he's one of those guys that just knows what he deserves to get paid. And I don't think the Beng- the Bengals are just not one of those teams that are willing to give up a lot of money. Um, so That's I just don't call. think the Bengals make sense for Cam Newton. Yeah, I think the Bengals. That's a good call. Yeah. They're really, if I, I guess I don't know if they're in rebuild. I don't know if they know that they're in rebuild, but they need to be if they're not. Yeah. I think they need to go ahead and ship AJ Green out of there in respect for AJ Green and what he's done for that team because. If AJ Green stays on the Bengals, he's not going to win anything with them. No. So, I would hope that they would move on from AJ Green and give him a chance to go win something somewhere else. Um, my final team I have as a possible landing spot for Cam Newton in a trade scenario are the Denver Broncos. Do you think that Cam Newton, if he ends up in Denver, on the chance that he does, um, do you think he could beat Case Keenum and I guess Drew Locke out of a job? And is there any reason that the Broncos shouldn't make the move? Yeah, I think Broncos make sense. Uh, Case Keenum hasn't been particularly good. Um, He's not the answer. You're not going to yeah, win anything with Case Keenum. No. Uh, Drew Locke, I like the I like the thought of Drew Locke. Um, I don't think – personally, I don't think Vic Fangio is going to keep his job after this year with the Broncos unless they go on a big tear here. I mean, they've won two games, which is good good start, but unless they don't keep unless they don't keep winning games, I don't if if they're six and ten, Vic Fangio doesn't keep his job, which Vic Fangio and Drew Locke, there was already some tension going on this year. So I it depends it kinda depends on what their coaching move. If Vic Fangio stays, I think Cam makes a little bit more sense. Um if Vic Fangio goes and they bring in a new coach, a young like this young type of coach that we're seeing with like Sean McVay and uh, Matt Lafleur, I think the Broncos stay away from Cam. They yep. kind of keep it with Drew Locke, see if they can develop him into a because Drew Locke's got a big arm. I think with a kind of a young quarterback. And Elway training. likes his quarterbacks with big arms. Uh, oh yeah, Elway. Yeah, I think Elway likes Drew Locke. Vic Fangio and Drew Locke just don't get along. We'll just have to see how the off season plays out for sure. I don't. I'm not sure again if Cam. I don't think Cam's going to play for a different team this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but off season, I think it's going to be one of the biggest stories of the off season, along with you know the rebuild teams like the Bengals and the Dolphins. I think watch it, the Cam Newton story is going to be an interesting one to watch how that plays out. And there you go. So I think we're going to um, move into the MLB and the NHL real quick. Just sure. hit those before we get out of here. So the MLB. Uh, the playoffs have um, been transpiring, and I guess since the playoffs were what just starting, whenever we did our first episode, yeah, last, it was right after the wild card. Did, yeah. Right after the wild card, so a lot's happened since then. Um, there's only three teams left in the running now. After last night, the Nationals advanced to the World Series. Oh yeah, and right now it looks like uh, the Astros Yankees game is still postponed. Um, game four of that one, Astros leading that series two one. So, 
What do you make of the Nationals' journey to the World Series for the first time? I personally love it. Uh, it's been I've loved watching the Nationals. Um, they've kind of always been, um, you know, not not a big team that I've followed. But I got an uncle who lives in D.C., so I went out to. Uh, I, I've watched some games out there. Fun. It's a nice stadium. Fun team to watch. Good environment. So I mean, I'm a Cubs fan. Uh, for life, but Nationals kind. Of, it's been nice watching uh, the Nationals succeed. Uh, you know, just talking to my uncle, who's been a lifelong fan, finally seeing um, them be successful. So it's it's been good to see. You know, nineteen and thirty one. They talk about the third week of May and mm-hmm. the big turnaround, and you know, just sweeping the Cardinals in any a sweep in any playoff sport is you, you got to especially as like a game a a series that puts you in the final games of the season and to sweep just before that is pretty incredible it gives because, you a lot of confidence going on oh yeah and you're talking about the teams that are in the nlcs they deserve all the teams that were there they deserve to be right. there they're not they're not there for no reason no they're not playing against they weren't playing against a bad team where you might see in the regular season a four games a four game regular season sweep against a a team like the marlins that is just a, yeah. a, a really bad team uh, Cardinals were were not a bad team by any means. The the Nationals had their way with them. Not at all. Yeah. yeah, as a St. Louis fan, it was hard to see the Nationals sweep the Cardinals there after the Cardinals beat the Braves, with not a whole lot of people were expecting. But yeah. that's I mean, Cardinals get into the postseason and things happen. But yeah, the sweep was hard to watch, especially after um, it just looks like the Cardinals just used up all their runs that last game against the Braves, and then just had no firepower really um this whole series against the nationals but anytime a team comes into the postseason in the wild card spot and then makes it all the way to the series i mean it's hard not to cheer for them a little bit and just you know i think it makes it more exciting and then going up against the astros or the yankees no matter who they go up against i think it's going to be a tough matchup for the nationals but um yeah i don't know really which one the astros or the yankees would be a better matchup against the Nationals for the Nationals to take it all but I don't know I guess I'm rooting for the Nationals now because I mean I really don't want to see the Yankees win it I'd rather see the Astros win it over the Yankees but I, I think I'd want to see the Nationals win it all if I had to pick yeah I agree um I think the Yankees I think if the Astros make the world or make the World Series they're going to win the World Series mm-hmm. Nationals have a better chance to beat the Yankees um Nationals pitching was the story of the NLCS uh, if they're able to repeat that performance against the Yankees, it's not going to be it's not going to be a four game series. The the World Series, um, no matter who they play, and Washington's pitching is really founded on those four guys. And if one of those guys kind of slips, it's going to be a tough to recover in the next in the next game, because um, they don't. Nationals bullpen just hasn't been hasn't been the best all season long. And both Yankees and Astros have big firepower uh, on offense, so I think the Yankees have a better chance um, as far as na- like na- as far as defensively. Their their Yankees are the weaker defensive team than the Astros, um, and I think the Nationals would be able to take advantage of that. If Astros make the World Series, they're going to win the World Series. Uh, I'd like to see. Just for the sake of a better series, I think um, the Yankees versus the Nationals. But hey, y- yeah. y- who knows? I mean, the Nationals weren't expected to make it this far. Who knows? They might be able to give the Astros a run for the money. 
there you go so by the time we do our next episode we should we'll know for sure um which team the nationals will be going up against in the world series yeah we will. and i don't know with scheduling how it'll work out if a world series first game will have game, gone on already or yeah, not yeah first game of the world series will be a week from yesterday actually week from yesterday so yeah, yeah. we'll be one game in um, all right so that'll be definitely something that we'll talk about yeah so into the latest part latest latest final part of the show just about yeah. yeah talk about the nhl here real quick um so i think primarily when we're still you know working out the kinks with how we're going to do this podcast it's going to be primarily nfl now especially with the mlb winding down it'll really only be nfl and nhl going on um while we're talking about this and so again it'll be really primarily nfl and we might just hit on the nhl towards the end until the the nfl is over then maybe the nhl will talk about a little bit more as playoffs heat up a little bit but being from st louis i just want to talk real quick about how are the blues really doing so as of today we are recording this on wednesday october 16th the blues have a three one and two record so, you know, how are they really doing? It's kind of, if you just look at the record, it's kind of, meh, I don't know. Um, to me, from what I've seen, the Blues are still not playing their best hockey, but they still have a decent record. So to me, I'm very happy with how the Blues are doing. Um, I think if they're playing their best hockey, they could be 5-1, and one, they could be 6-0. and oh. But um, they really still have not played a game that I've seen and have been like, wow, that was a full 60 minutes of great hockey, great play all the way through. I think they're still kind of rusty, maybe having a little bit of a cup hangover, and it just not has been. It hasn't been their best game that they've put on the ice yet. They haven't put their best product on the ice yet. And so to be able to not be playing 100% and still be getting points in all but one of your games, I think the Blues are – I think it's a pretty positive outlook for the rest of the season. So I'm just going to run through their season so far. Whenever they opened up against Washington, um, I thought that was going to be a really tough game for them. It was a good game, back and forth. Ended up taking it to overtime and losing in overtime. They still got a point out of it. I was pretty happy with that at the time. Washington's a good team. They started to struggle a little bit now into the season, but I was happy. You know, Anytime you grab a point out of a game, you want to get the win, but if you can take it to overtime, you still get a point. you got to be happy there. Playing against the Stars, you know, big game anytime we play the Stars. Huge win for the Blues. You just, I hate the Stars. <laughs> it was great to see the Blues win that. Just awesome. Anytime the Stars lose, it's a good day. And if the Blues win, it's even better. Yeah, what's the deal with, uh, I'm from Chicago, so that, there seems to be a kind of bit of an animosity between St. Louis and Texas. Too. Yeah, so I guess, I mean, the Blues have knocked the Stars out of the playoffs twice in the last, like, three years. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I shouldn't hate Dallas as much as Dallas should hate the Blues. <laughs> but it's still, it's just, you just love seeing Dallas lose. I, yeah. I, I couldn't care if the, if the Stars didn't win anything for 100 years. <laughs> but um, after the Dallas game, the Blues started a road trip. They played Toronto up first. And I was looking at this one, and I was like, this will probably be their toughest game of the road trip. And the Blues came out, and they won it. So they made, they took their win streak to two. Um I think Toronto is probably the best team they're going to play all road trip. So that was real exciting. Long road trip, starting off with a win against the Maple Leafs. I mean, you can't complain about that. So the next game they were going against Ottawa, and the Blues were definitely not in this game. You could tell they were out there going through the motions. Ottawa is not a good team, 
and the Senators kind of put the Blues in their butts for it a little bit. They made them, they took it to them and made the Blues really get in the game. And the Blues ended up taking that one, taking the win streak to three. But Senators made them play for it a little bit. And I think that was a good wake up call to the Blues that, hey, you know, we are the defending Stanley Cup champions, but we got to get our head in the game a little bit here. So after that game, the Blues went into Montreal, and this is really where the wheels came off for the Blues. Um, This should have been a game that the Blues won again. I mean, Montreal, definitely a better team than Ottawa, but not a better team than the Maple Leafs as far as I'm concerned. Uh, It was a really poor game for the Blues, and they shouldn't have lost it, and they lost it, but I think they deserved to lose it the way they played. And then they go into um, their matinee on Monday against the Islanders. And Monday 12 o'clock in the afternoon games for hockey should just be illegal. Yeah. I mean, that is just ridiculous. So I'm watching this game in class. I'm watching the third period. Blues are up 2 to nothing, right? I'm like, all right, this is great. I'm like, Jordan Binnington about to get his first shutout of the season. I was like, this will be good. I mean, the Blues were just out playing the Islanders in every phase of the game. And then with about, I think it was about six minutes left, uh, the Islanders score, make it one to two, and I it was it wasn't the best goal. It was I was like, all right, whatever, you know, not that much time left in the game. As long as the Blues hang in there, this should be an easy two points for him. And then with 30 seconds left in the game, the Islanders tie it, and it really looked like Jordan Bennington was a little rattled at that point. It looked like the emotions were starting to get the better of him a little bit, and I was like, I don't like this game going into overtime. I don't want to see what happens. And then as soon as that happened, it did not take long before the Islanders scored in overtime in three on three and the Islanders won that game and the Blues really had to pay there for not playing a full 60 minutes and not playing till the end and not putting away their opponents I mean the Blues can never get that empty that goal that they need to put away opponents just historically and the Islanders whenever they pulled their goalie um, the Blues should have been able to get one away from them and put it in the net to put that game away but Obviously, the Islanders were able to take it to overtime, and then they made the Blues pay for it. I mean, still, you know, anytime you go to overtime, you get a point out of the game, that's good. But that should have been really a game they got two points out of, in my opinion. So just a real looking forward real quick. Um, the Blues have the Canucks up next at home, and then they're going to have a rematch against Montreal, which I will be attending. And then their next big Great. test, they're playing the Colorado Avalanche. And the Avalanche have been on fire this season, still undefeated. And so I think that game will be a real good test as to where the Blues are at and how they're playing against really good competition. So excited for that. Excited to see them against Montreal and then excited to see how they play against the Avalanche. And now so I think, okay, real quick, JJ's going to go through some of the best things that he saw this week in sports. What do you got for us? Yeah, we'll try and uh, – yeah, I think we'll, we'll try and keep this going. Uh in the coming weeks we'll try and work it in um to the podcast and try and cut cut some time off and uh so best things best thing that i saw in sports this week um probably the coolest thing i saw was i'm gonna completely butcher his name um so i don't even think i will try kipchoge broke kipchoge okay two hours in the marathon yeah um yeah two hours broke two hours in the marathon uh what what country is he from uh, I want to say Ethiopia. Ethiopia, probably. Those guys are crazy runners. But yeah, that was just an incredible. He's Kenyan. Kenyan, yep, okay. that's the other one. Kenyan and Ethiopia. That that yeah, was crazy. But just unreal. I mean, being in the running community, that was just a really, really big deal. Oh yeah. Whenever he did that, and they tried it. He tried to do it about a year ago, I guess it was, and came up 
like what was it 24 seconds short yeah. 20 some seconds short i remember yeah real yeah close so so close and then you know he broke it by a sizable amount this time and looked like he could have kept rolling if he had to oh yeah it was and crazy to see just him crazy yeah. and what like 434 average pace i think it is somewhere right in there per mile ridiculous that was incredible to watch oh yeah and it'll be exciting now to see how many other runners were able to break two hours in the marathon after he did it because running is such a mental sport yeah like no one had broken four minutes in the mile for so long so many people were trying and then as soon as someone did then it was just like the floodgates broke and so many people broke it right after it's such a mental thing and now that that mental barrier has been broken and people know that it's possible for someone to run a sub two hour marathon It'll be exciting to see who can do it next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I hope in the near future we can see it become an actual world record. This one didn't count as a world record because right. of the pacers and right. the, the laser pacers and the people all around him. But I'm hoping sometime in the future we'll see this be an actual world record. Uh, and then moving on, something kind of cool. Um, saw probably the play of the week was Lonzo Ball to Zion Williamson. Just a preseason game, but beyond half court, just a ridiculous lob. Um and I think you know this. This NBA season's been all about uh, off season's been all about um, you know the dynamic duos. It used to be we're moving on from the super super team phase of the NBA. We're going on to the dynamic duos. You know Anthony Davis, right, um, and LeBron, Kawhi, and PG thirteen, and uh, Russell Westbrook and James Harden. But I think Zion and Lonzo. Obviously, they're not. They haven't proved anything yet but i think they're going to be one of those dynamic duos to watch a young a young group of guys um young on the pelicans team and lonzo and zion i think are going to stand out and they're going to be a they're going to be a they're going to be a threat they're going to be a force to be reckoned with um i mean the pelicans it's hard it's going to be hard for them to it's not going to be as hard for them to make the playoffs because they're playing in the east um, they'll be a lower seed, just struggling. To, losing Anthony Davis is a loss, but I think they they got something to they got something to prove, something, make a statement this year. I think they'll be good. I think they'll be okay. And Zion and Lonzo is going to be a fun one to watch. Yeah, I mean, just Lonzo and Zion probably being arguably the two most polarizing or exciting players to come out of to come into the league in the last few years. So to see them both on the same team now is. It'll be exciting to watch. I think it's an exciting storyline, too, to follow. Yeah, and then two of the funniest things I saw this week in sports was uh, Stephen A. Smith, you know, famous uh, ESPN mm-hmm. commentator, uh, on Twitter after the Cowboys lost to, lost to the Jets. Um, about a 40-second video he posted with very little words and mostly just laughing. Uh, a couple J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 um, uh thrown in there for fun but he was just he's he, he Stephen A. Smith's a Giants fan if I if I'm if I'm not wrong he's a big Giants fan so he just loves to see the Cowboys yeah he just loves to see the Cowboys lose and I thought that was just hilarious um and then the last thing was something I thought it was pretty funny Mason Crosby after winning the the game winner um did the Lambo leap? He had to get a boost from one Maybe of his teammates. Help. Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was funny. Um, some people were calling it kind of cringy um, to see a guy gets get a boost for a, a twenty yard field goal. It wasn't even a touchdown. The tradition at Lambos, you got you got to score a touchdown to leap. He didn't even score. He did hit a game winner, um, but it was in a poor game, poor officiating, and it wasn't even a touchdown. What do you What do you think? Yeah, I think um, yeah. Why not? I think anytime you have a game winning. Um, kick or obviously touchdown but if you have a game-winning field goal why not yeah I think it's worth it um 
yeah, having the boost was a little cringy. I, remember I was watching that live and a half, and I was just like, it's not that high. If you, if you don't know how high it is, it's not that high. Anyone who is in a professional sports player should easily be able to get up there. And it looked like he could have made it anyway without yeah. the boost, but very weird. And you could tell they kind of had it planned out, so I don't know exactly what was going on there, but yeah. why not? Let him celebrate. Sure, let the man have some fun. He's 40, whatever. Yeah. All right, well, I think that'll just about do it for us here. Just shy of an hour for the second episode of our podcast here, now called MUTV Man to Man. So we will be back next week. We hope that you come back and listen. And if you made it this far in the podcast, thank you very much. And we'll see you next time. I'm Reese Wegman, joined here with JJ Angelo. JJ Angelo. We will see you next time.